0: Welcome, and thanks for joining us for Episode 3 of the C-Level Strategic Guide for Siam Investment Podcast, brought to you by CIO.com and sponsored by Okta. I'm Barbara Call, Senior Director of Content Operations and Strategy with IDG. In our last two episodes, we defined customer identity and access management and explored the many challenges facing today's CIOs and CSOs. We also introduced the Siam Maturity Curve which can help organizations determine where they fall on the spectrum. And we outlined phase one on that scale, which we refer to as basic. Today we'll be exploring phase two, automated. I'm joined today by Keith Casey, API problem solver at Okta. Welcome Keith.
1: Thanks, Barbara. Great to be here again.
0: So let's start with a quick refresh um, to outline our working definition of customer identity and access management, and also maybe a quick recap on phase one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So customer identity is really applying a lot of the uh, what we would call the workforce concepts of making sure people can sign in to the right things and the right organizations, the right locations, and get access to the right things for the right amount of time. I know that's that's a mouthful there, but it's effectively making sure that when you log into your bank account, to your healthcare portal, to whatever, that the organization hosting that can make sure and have a, a high confidence that it's you. And that when they give information to you, they have really good confidence, really good understanding that it's you, and they're not inadvertently leaking data or sharing your personal information with people in groups that shouldn't have it. So phase one, when we start putting together this maturity curve, we found that a lot of organizations were going through the same steps. They had the same mindset because regardless of whether you're a Fortune 50 company or a a new startup just getting off the ground, uh, the patterns look much alike. So at phase one, we had a very basic approach. This was the idea that at phase one, you're just starting off your project. You're just getting things off the ground. And frankly, you have to get them off the ground because we need to get this project shipped So having that very basic understanding of here's the customer, here's what they need to do, here's how we can solve that problem easiest, the fastest, the cheapest, the most effectively, but at the same time still have a secure, seamless experience. So that basic level, we're just getting started, but we're trying to lay the groundwork for the next step and the next layer.
0: Okay. And that next layer is phase two, which we call automated. So what are the challenges in this phase?
1: Oh, the the challenges are actually, they're good and they're bad. So the challenge, the biggest challenge we have is that if we did phase one successfully, if we launched our product successfully, we have users and having users is great. Users generate traffic. Hopefully they generate revenue, those sorts of things. But then we start running into problems because as we get more users, the complexity increases. And that's complexity in terms of the scale that we're working at. Um, because supporting 10 users and supporting 10,000 users looks a little bit different, but it's also supporting the integrations that they need. So now potentially we're talking about a sign-in with Facebook or LinkedIn. Uh, potentially, if we're working with a, a partner-to-partner scenario, maybe we have to integrate third-party identifiers, like we have to have single sign-on with uh, this big customer that we have that onboards their entire employee base. Or maybe it's simply complexity around GDPR. We need to make sure that we're compliant and that we're following all the relevant privacy regulations. And so we at this stage, we can almost become a victim of our own success because at 10 users, regulators, all these organizations don't care about us. We're too small. We're uninteresting. At 10,000, at 100,000, at a million, now suddenly they all take interest and we have to solve these problems as cleanly and easily and as safely as possible.
0: Okay, makes sense. So what are the characteristics of a company that has reached phase two? Have they solved all these challenges? Are they, what, what do they look like?
1: Uh, no, they, they haven't solved all these problems. They're, <laughs> they're thinking about it. They're, th- this thing is about to, to hit them, to ambush them, and, and to bite them. Because, frankly, when the team started, the team's primary goal, and I think Swarup talked about this, the, the primary goal for that team was the ship, They had to come up with something valuable enough to ship it and to get customers to sign up. And the good news is they've done that. They've gotten some some value out of the system, out of the project, and now we have customers signing up. We have customers activating, customers probably giving us sensitive information. The problem we run into is that the team that could ship something valuable isn't necessarily the team that understands all these regulatory aspects. And that they understand how do we connect to all these different protocols and all these other systems that, frankly, we don't deal with on a day-to-day basis. And once again, this applies whether you are a Fortune 50 company, uh, you know, some of the biggest organizations on the planet, or whether you're that small group of developers working out of the spare bedroom launching their first project. The, the characteristics are very similar across the board there.
0: All right. That's helpful. Thank you. So let's talk about what are the solutions and then what are the associated benefits with those solutions?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we we look at the problems of uh, the scalability of the user management. We start thinking about the the protocols and the connections that we have to start connecting to other parties, whether that's a partner play or whatever. Uh, And we have to start thinking about the regulatory aspects. So we we need to kind of layer those together. So First of all, I always think about the the scaling first. Because if if we're not online, if your application is not online, you won't get more users. And realistically, security isn't an issue because you're offline. So I always think about scalability first. We need to make sure that we're there to support our users. Once we have that, then we need to think about how do we make sure that the data that we have or the data that we're trying to collect is secure? So at that point, I always try to layer on... um, Things like password security, password complexity, try to make sure that uh, that GDPR is respected, CCPA is respected, making sure that we know all the data that we have, we can connect back to specific users, or we're anonymizing it, we're scrubbing it, so it can't be connected to any user. And then once we have that, then layer on the, the, the connectivity to other systems. So I always call this step automating. The more we can automate, the more we can do these things at scale, makes it easier for us. Because remember, at phase one, we're that small, scrappy group of developers, that small, scrappy team just getting off the ground. Odds are we're not far from that anymore. Maybe we've added a few people to our team, but we still, we're starting to work at a level that our team isn't necessarily prepared for. You know, when we go from 10 to 10,000 to 10 million users, we need to think about how do we, connect all these things at scale, because frankly, our team can't handle it otherwise. So I always push uh, open protocols there to make sure we can connect everything out of the box. I always think about uh, things like automated provisioning, lifecycle management. The more we can automate and build business rules behind this that then turn into code and turn into automation, the better off we're going to be.
0: Okay, that's great. Um, Any other best practice advice you would offer our listeners?
1: Yeah, actually, one of my sort of principles on the, the data security side of things is let's, let's be smart and careful about the data we collect. Frankly, if we don't need that data, let's not collect it. It can't be breached if we don't have it. That's a quick and easy way to simplify a lot of compliance problems. But once, once we start thinking about that, we need to think about the, the components behind the scenes of not just our applications, but what's powering our applications. Is it just uh, servers and containers or is it APIs? Whichever one we're doing, we have to make sure that those are locked down also. Then behind those APIs probably are servers and containers. So we need to make sure that that layer is locked down too. So we have to start thinking of this as a, a fractal kind of situation where every layer, every component, no matter how deep you go, also needs to be secured.
0: All right, thanks Keith, that was great. Before we continue our conversation, I want to say a few words about our sponsor. The C-Level Strategic Guide for Siam Investment podcast is presented by CIO.com in partnership with Okta. Okta is the leading independent identity provider. The Okta Identity Cloud enables organizations to securely connect the right people to the right technologies at the right time. With more than 6,500 pre-built integrations, applications, and infrastructure providers, Okta provides simple and secure access to people and organizations everywhere, giving them the confidence to reach their full potential. More than ninety-four hundred organizations, including JetBlue, Nordstrom, Siemens, Slack, T-Mobile, Teach for America, and Twilio, trust Okta to help protect the identities of their workforces and customers. Visit Okta.com. Now back to our show. Welcome back. Thank you, Keith. We've been talking about SIAM. Um, I'd like to help bring the concept to life with a case study. What can you share?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, talking to customers and understanding what they're doing is one of the favorite, like my favorite parts of our job. Uh, I was on the phone with a customer just a couple of days ago, and they have internal employee use cases and external use cases, and they're in the healthcare space. So heavily regulated uh, HIPAA, we've got personally identifiable information, all the things that make life really complex. And it was interesting because we were on the phone with uh, two guys from their IT department. We said, well, how are you managing these operations? How big is your team? And they said, oh, this, this is the entire team. And that was shocking. That was great, but I, I started digging into why. And they said, well, we've been able to implement systems that we we can centrally control and manage these things and then put workflows and automation on top of the process so that when a new employee joins, for example, they get access to all these things. Or when a customer signs up, they can go ahead and they can say, here's what you have access to. When a customer comes in through an employee partner that they're providing healthcare benefits for, it comes in through a particular pipeline. Because of that automation, they can tag the user and say, they're a member of this group, Therefore, they get these benefits. They signed up on this date. Therefore, these processes kick in. And all this automation actually drives everything else forward and allows their entire organization, their entire application suite to be supported by two people. That's, that's amazing. That's the kind of uh, force multiplier that a good Siam solution could be. When we can go ahead and we can support tens of thousands of users or even hundreds of thousands of users with two people we're doing something right, and we should do more of it.
0: Absolutely. That's great. All right. So before we close, any last takeaways for our listeners?
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I always emphasize on this more than anything is we have to have a, a good view of what's going on in our system. We need to understand how our how customers are using our system. What are they doing? How, how quickly are they getting activated? And the more insight we have to that, the more we can do. Whether that's automation like I'm talking about, whether that's layering in the intelligence and the um, sort of machine learning aspects that Sarupa, I think we'll talk about next. Uh, whether that's just understanding what anomalous or bad behavior looks like so we can take security response to it. The more we understand here's a hard customer, here's what they need to do, here's what, why they're doing it, I think is immensely valuable. We need to focus on that. But at the same time. If we're not respecting the privacy, if we're not respecting the regulations, we're doing it wrong. So, we absolutely need to do all that, but do it securely in a way that uh, solves our problems and doesn't create additional ones.
0: All right. Thank you, Keith. This is a great discussion. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode in our The C Level Strategic Guide for SIAM Investment podcast series. And I encourage you to tune in for episode four where we'll explore phase three on the maturity curve, adding intelligence to your SIAM strategy. This podcast series is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. For more information, please be sure to visit Okta.com. For IDG and Okta, I'm Barbara Call.
1: This podcast has been produced by IDG Communications Incorporated in association with Okta.